sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey, everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we're doing. A fun filled laugh extravaganza of morbidity. Lauren Bacall versus Robin Williams. RIP, RIP. RIP, RIP squared. Um, Wait, who's RIP? Why RIP? You said RIP and RIP squared. What's, well, because uh, Lauren Bacall and Bogey, both. Oh, okay. Dead now, so. Um, yeah, so this this will should be uh, a a uh, some mad capillarity during this episode. Um, Couldn't it be uh, Robin Williams could be RIP squared because my sister Sam is dead? Oh, that's true, but he he's only tangentially related to her through Pam Dauber. Still his sister by marriage. That is true. Wait, did Mark and Mindy get married? I think so. I think there's a special episode. Well, they were, weren't they all special in a way? I will say... I mean, they had a child. Can you imagine having a child on TV in the 80s and not being married? That's true, but they were living in Boulder, Colorado, like the hippie outpost of, uh, of the U.S. So who knows? Um, I forgot that... I forgot they had the baby, which was uh, Jonathan Winters. Yes. And I, I haven't thought about Mork and Mindy in a long time, but was it was it uh, Mindy's dad who owned that music store? Yes. Had the egg-shaped head? Yeah. Conrad Bain. Conrad Bain. Whatever happened to that dude? Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Let's, yeah, let's just assume R.I.P. Conrad Bain as well. So... Uh, R.I.P. to the third power cubed, basically for Robin Williams. Um, but I remember Mork and Mindy. This is, and by the way, Conrad Bain is dead. Yeah, I I wasn't really all that worried that we we're going to be wrong on that one. Uh, I remember Mork and Mindy the very first episode. But he was never on Mork and Mindy. Oh right, it was Conrad somebody else, right? Yeah, Bane's from uh, Different, Different Strokes. strokes. He, who, Conrad Bain introduced the gate, great catchphrase to the U.S. Uh, what you talking about, Willis? Mm-hmm. And then they gave it to the little kid. Yeah, they thought they thought it was kind of racially insensitive having having a rich white man talk like that. Um, now, now I have to look up. Conrad Janis is still alive. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Oh, look at his wiki page. He's he goes way back. Dashing, dashing, dashing. Yeah, his his picture. He obviously picked a picture from early in his career, because um, I'm sure he's the only one who's edited this entry. Uh, but he was born in 28. Jesus. So he that makes him uh, 289 years old. Wow. I I don't want to correct you, but Wikipedia has this really neat thing that if you look at when they're born. They have a little script that tells you how old they are, which is infinitely helpful. Hey, he's born on my birthday. Don't uh, look that up because now people will know my birthday and be able to steal my information. At age 19, he starred in the film noir The Brasher Doubloon with George Montgomery. Uh, and that was 1947. So, yeah, he's – you're right. There is a thing. So I, I was wrong. He's 292 years old. Uh, but I remember the first episode of Mork and Mindy, we watched it, and – uh, I don't think I ever seen my mom 
laugh so hard at anything in my life as she did at that first Mork and Mindy. And I think I laughed along, even though I probably didn't get it that much because I was like eight. Um, although it was pretty goofy humor, so maybe I did get it. Some of it, yeah. That's, but, kind of, that's a really sweet memory. Yeah, no, it was... <laughs> I I definitely... that. I mean, she laughed to the point where I was like getting concerned for her. <laughs> and uh, she was not... She didn't smoke weed or anything, so it wasn't that. Um, but there, I also learned there was a Mork and Mindy Saturday morning cartoon. It was actually called the Mork and Mindy slash Laverne and Shirley with the Fonz. Oh, I hour. remember that, yeah. I do not, from 82, uh, which was after Mork and Mindy got canceled. It got canceled in 82. Only four seasons, which maybe was a decent run back then. In my mind, it was a big hit show, but maybe... I think it was a big hit show for a couple seasons and it went downhill pretty quickly, and then they brought Jonathan Winters to, to goose the ratings up, and it didn't work. And I don't think it was a successful show because... For a long time, the show of a successful show was if it was able to hit 100 episodes, and that's five seasons, and it didn't hit 100 episodes. Yeah, strange, and yet Three's Company did. Uh, Three's Company ran forever. Yeah, I think it's still running. Somewhere. In hell. In my mind. What uh, did you say? I said in hell. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Bacall... I am not nearly as familiar with. Um, obviously, I've seen some of her movies. Uh, I've seen The Big Sleep, uh, Key Largo, and that might be it. Oh, there has to be more than that. Yeah, well, I, I'm I... just I'm just looking at. Uh, let me go to her full credits. Um, Lauren. Now I have to go to the main article. Lauren Bacall credits. Fucking. Weird. What did you say? You saw The Big Sleep and Haven't Have Not. Key Largo. Uh, Key Largo. Um, well, you saw those three, at least. I did sure. see those three. Yeah. How to Marry a Millionaire? Nope. Huh. Not That's a Marilyn Monroe movie, movie right? Well, I did see Murder on the Orient Express. Wow, she... They all did it. Sorry, spoiler. She was in Misery? Uh, so, I saw that. Um, she kept acting. I thought, for some reason, I had... I had it in my mind that she kind of pulled a garbo and, and kind of retired from acting and just, like, lived in the... Dakota and would come out and get her picture taken every once in a while, but she acted up to 2014. So that's this year by some calendars. It It, is. It was just a voice. It was. And, but, uh, yeah, she did, uh, a few little voice acting things. Uh, Scooby-Doo and the Goblin King, of course, who can forget. Um, but most of these I have not heard of, these later ones that she's been in. But yeah. definitely an icon. And, For sure. And, and, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, the, you know, I thought she kind of gave up acting, but she she very classily, in my mind, stayed out of the spotlight, unlike uh, some aging actresses. Share. She was an episode of The Sopranos. I don't remember that either. I don't either. But uh, I think she was always good on interview shows in the later years. For those like looking like, back on the what happened back then, she was a good interview. Oh yeah, like the ones they would show on PBS and stuff. Yeah. 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 And yeah. the early stuff she's amazing in. To have and have not. Well, first of all, it's an amazing movie, but she was amazing in it too. She was eighteen 
I don't think I knew she was that young. She was really young. Yeah. Time. She, I think she married Bogart when she was 19 and he was like, um, 78. Not, not, you're not too far off. I think maybe 292, but he was, he was up there. And I think he might've still been married when they met and he had that crazy alcoholic wife that he really wanted to get away from. And Lauren Bacall was like the one bit of happiness that finally came to his life after he lived through this hell with this other woman who was not a nice person. And they got to live together for a few years. Yeah. Which is not, this is a sweet, a sweet story. It is. No matter what you think of the age difference, uh, I think he obviously loved her. Yeah, and I and she loved him. And there's a weird comment somebody made, but it, I mean, it's true, but it's a, it's a weird way to look at a person. The the comment was, it's the only woman to have married two Academy Award winners. Oh. <laughs> Later she married Jason Robards. Yeah, I... I... I guess that's a nice bit of trivia, but yeah, it's 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 a weird way to look at a person as through their their spouse, but it's true. Yeah, I mean, she obviously had her own talent. There's yeah, 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 and she had the the story with with Bogart is it's pretty neat. That I mean, even though she was young and there's the age difference, but it's they had a strong love affair for all those years, and then she was able to have a second second love, which I think is sweet. Yeah, I agree. Um, didn't get nearly as much press just because I think the the Bogart and Bacall relationship was again so iconic. Yes. And Bogart was himself so iconic. So you had these two these two icons, Mary. Where Jason Robards, great actor, but uh, never got to the level of Bogart in the popular imagination. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and I love Bogart too. The uh, him and like Robert Mitchum and those old school uh, tough guys who nevertheless would show some sensitivity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, very few of those uh, in the history of film, and and he was one of the greats. So yeah, always always a fan of Bogart, always a fan of Bacall, and I'm glad to see that she kept working. Um, that's that's kind of nice because she was. She was always a really strong presence on the screen. Yeah, I agree. Although I'm kind of sad that one of her last roles will be on Family Guy. Oh, no. Shit, I missed that. No shit, she was on Family Guy. She'll be, I, I think, in an upcoming episode, she has a voice on Family Guy. Um, well. Is I, the Dakota where Yoko Ono lives? Yeah, yeah. So that's where that Chris Elliott book was set. Yes, awesome yes exactly. All his books are awesome. Did you listen? And uh, this is a private conversation between John and I. So if you're listening to this podcast, please just fast forward. Did you listen to the comedy Bang Bang that had Adam Resnick? Yes, I did. I did. That was great. It was. And uh, I think I told you I saw him, him and Chris Elliott for the screening of Cabin Boy here for. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, for, that's, that's so neat. Yeah. So that was really cool. And, and he was very. Very, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say bitter, but his experience with Cabin Boy did not leave him feeling great. No, and it, that came that came through on the, co- the comedy Bang Bang. And I'm, I'm not sure if all of it was true and some of it was a joke. I couldn't really tell because with comedy Bang Bang, you can never tell who's playing, putting an act on or what. But it, he did seem awfully defensive about about Cabin Boy when when uh, when hard, oh, not hard work when. Aukerman was like, this is one of my favorite movies. He's like, are you saying that? Like, (laughs) 
It's just my favorite movie to laugh at or laugh with. I forget exactly how he worded it, but he didn't want to be his favorite movie in a cult fashion. He wanted to be because it's funny. Right, right. Um, well, I'm looking, and it appears uh, Lauren Bacall also uh, tread the boards because she won two Tonys uh, later on in in her career too, in uh, in 1970 and 1981. So that's pretty cool. Are you sure it's a Tony for being on stage and not a Tony for like eating the biggest hoagie in the world? I don't think that award is called a Tony. Oh, it, it that award is called a Tony Tony Tone. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Named after uh, obviously Tony Orlando and Don, the great singing group. Did Lauren Bacall ever win an Oscar? I am looking, uh, and I don't think she did. Uh, so she doesn't have a chance for any yacht. And oh, got. yes, she did. Uh, oh, no, she got nominated for The Mirror Has Two Faces. Damn it. Yeah. I'm sure she I'm sure she got some kind of Lifetime Achievement Oscar. A 2009, yeah, Academy uh, Honorary Award. Well, can it? If she got a Grammy, she can get it. Yeah, I, she could have gotten a Grammy. She had the voice. She must have read some audio book at some point or something. Maybe uh, Dr. Seuss or... Erica Jong. Oh, wait, I forgot. We can link Lauren Bacall to the Adam Resnick conversation pretty easily. When you say we, I assume you mean you. And you. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm missing it, so. Her son was a co-star on Get a Life. Oh, no shit, that's true. Uh, a major co-star on Get a yes, Life. Yes, yes, until the second season when he was basically written off. Which I didn't understand, uh... Was that his choice, do you know, or or was it... I'm not sure. I, I could go either way. I don't want to be in this kind of show. My father doesn't like it. My mother doesn't like it. Or it could be the writers are like, we're bringing Brian Doyle Marion. We can't afford you, Sam Robards. Well, it's a... It's a uh, it's not quite as sad, uh, Lauren Bacall's death, because she lived a long life. Yeah. By all accounts, uh, a good life. So, uh, just... Uh, Wish her well. I mean, Robin Williams lived somewhat of a long life, but I think yeah, the manner compared to eighty nine is. Yeah. But yeah, the manner is also a huge deal. And we've talked about clinical depression on here before, but yeah, it's a it brings it back into the national conversation, I guess. And yet, a lot of people still don't seem to get it. I I don't understand. I understand people not understanding clinical depression. I don't understand why people get so angry about someone killing themselves. I don't, Espe- especially someone that's not directly. I could see like his daughter being angry because, you know, it, it's, it's directly affecting her, but other people saying he's, he's a selfish coward. Why is the media focusing on this and not on someone in the military who died? Yeah, I, I don't, I mean the whole selfish coward thing. I, I've, spoken about it's it's ridiculous um he's no more a coward than somebody who's got terminal cancer and and opts for euthanasia as i said on facebook um and that fox news dude you read about that him calling him a coward what at this point i i mean at every point really i just have to wonder if fox news is trolling all the time if they're just going for controversy like when they get off the air they're 
like saying stuff like, you know, well, we fed the pigs again. Referring I'm to the audience. I'm a little confused. Yeah. What does all this have to do with the euthanasia? The euthanasia, there's a very high suicide rate. Oh, okay. They're working in those iPod factories, you know, that you've, you've heard about. They put, like, nets outside the windows. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when they jump, they'll uh, they'll slice themselves open and fall into little chunks on the ground. where they Right, and that, and that feeds those pigs you're talking about. Yes, exactly. It all I, ties together. I, I used to think that Rush Limbaugh wasn't a troll, but now I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah. He had similar weird things to say about Robin Williams and he died because of his liberal beliefs, which is bizarre. Yeah. Cuckoo I, crazy, I might call it, if I were if I wasn't trying to be uh nice to the mentally disabled. The there's what what is it? Poe's law on the internet, you know, like but at a certain point I just think they're just they're just trying to stir up controversy. I can't believe I don't think they can actually believe th- this much crazy shit. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's yeah, and and I, Coulter especially. I gave up on getting mad at long long ago because either she's completely deranged or she's just pandering to a segment of the population, which is more what I think she's doing. You know who I don't understand why he gets people riled up because I've never taken him seriously is uh, what's the guy's name O'Neill. From Fox News, that that's always on Colbert and Daily Show. Uh, the O'Reilly, 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 yeah, yeah, Bill O'Reilly. I don't understand why he's ever gotten people so up in arms because I just remember him as a hard copy host, which is just a co- a gossip show. So it's obviously he just goes on to whoever's going to hire him. It's not somebody who has a huge opinion that needs to be heard. Nope. If if uh, he could get paid that much on uh, spouting a liberal opinion, I have no doubt he would do it. Yes, and he would do it just as as vehemently. Would, yes, and he would annoy the conservatives just as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. For some reason, the Robin Williams news depressed me. And we've talked about Robin Williams recently, and I've not been a fan of uh, a lot of his recent work or his past work, really. For the for, yeah, for the most part. But uh, on the other hand, I I think he did. He did do some good stuff. The aforementioned Mork and Mindy. Um, I think if you watch that now, you would not call it good. Probably but, And not. its time was very good. For so its yes, for its time. It, it, and I, I for one, like the Popeye movie. I like the Popeye movie too. I, in fact, I thought it was great. I mean, I, I saw it as a kid, obviously, and and uh, didn't understand or probably even hear any of the negative reviews for it. But um, it's Robert. I saw it as a kid, and one of the neat things was. Watching him come back to, I mean, the the next season of Mork and Mindy, and having my dad disc- uh, tell me why his hair was so short was because he did the Popeye movie. I was like, oh yeah, and having you know just connecting the two was kind of neat when you're a kid when you you don't really think of actors as people you just think of them as their characters. So it was neat to see that this guy who plays Mork also played Popeye and his hair is short because he just did that movie because there's a whole plot line in Mork and Mindy where he he lost his powers because his hair was short. Oh, yeah, I don't remember that, but I also uh, wasn't quite as dumb as you because I understood that it was a, the same actor playing both parts. Uh, but Of course, you're 25 years older than me at the time. At the time. Now we've closed the gap to four years. Um, special relativity, people. Look into it. The, But I enjoyed Popeye, too. I mean, it's Robert Altman. 
It's got music by Van Dyke Parks. It's you know got a good pedigree. I thought Robin Williams and Shelley Duvall both, and uh, God damn it, what's his name? Paul Dooley. Oh yeah, he was a great wimpy. wimpy. Yeah, they it was really well cast. Uh, the actors all did their parts. I thought the the world the the sets were were intriguing. Um, I'd like to rewatch it. You know, it probably doesn't hold up as far as as plot and stuff, but um, I think they created a world with it, and I think it. I in in my memory, it was more. Uh, it they base it more on the comic strip than the the cartoons. Right, right. Um, and I think it it got it down. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what people were expecting from a Popeye movie. It's not like it was ever high art. Yeah. Um, now, just thinking of Paul Dooley, have you ever seen Breaking Away? Of course. I love that movie. Yep, one of the greats. Well, we should do that on a future episode if I could find a non-shitty sports movie to uh, compare it to. Breaking Away versus The Pride of the Yankees. Never seen it. What? Gary Cooper. It's not a great movie, but Gary Cooper is always enjoyable to watch, at least as far as I'm concerned. I used to always confuse Gary Cooper with Cary Grant. That's, in my mind, that's a really difficult mistake to make, but I guess I can say it. Well, they were both old-timey actors, and their names but, both had airy in them. Yeah, but they're so different. Cary Grant's so so breezy and, and charming and, and uh, Gary Cooper's just taciturn. Is that how you say that? Just taciturn. dry, taciturn. Yeah, no, I I know. Yeah, uh, Cary Grant had that really weird accent. I think he was British, right? Yes. So yeah, but he had a really strange American accent, um, unlike anybody else. And his real name was Oddwald Copplepot. Oddwald or Oswald? Oddwald Copplepot. Well, there you go. You're never going to make it in Hollywood with a name like that. Uh, just Jeez. ask Mila Kunis or... Conrad uh, Janus. Conrad Janus, yeah. You know that name was shortened. Dejuified a bit. Took an Owski off there or something. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed Popeye. Uh, I enjoyed World According to Garp. Yeah, but I think if you see World According to Garp, after you've read the book, you don't enjoy it that much, and that's how I experienced it. I think that's probably true with um, many, uh, especially John Irving books, where they're very sprawling. Well, I don't know. The Prayer for Owen Meany doesn't hold a candle to whatever they name that crap fest. I can't even. I can't even joke about that. Yeah, I can't. I I vaguely recall that they did a movie based on that, but it had to. I I think I remember it, them saying it was based on like just a segment of the book or something. I don't. Need, I don't know about that. I just know that John Irving said you can't call him Owen Meany because this is not. This is not good. You have to change the name. So the character's name is not Owen Meany. And yet he had no no problem with uh, Hotel New Hampshire or Cider House Rules or anything. Well, I never saw Hotel New Hampshire. Cider House Rules wasn't terrible, but it wasn't nearly as good as the book. Good night, my princes of the universe. I can't. I think that's how it went. That sounds very very similar to Tobey Maguire. Oh. Damn, I was going for Glenn Close. Wait, she wasn't in that. She was in Garb. Um, yeah, well, I'm looking at Robin Williams' filmography now, and uh, well, do you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break, and we'll we'll go into more of Robin Williams. Um, yeah, let's do it. Here's a break coming at you, right in your fat ear holes, everybody. We'll be right back. 
We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero. Tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation. Hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's great racing, steeple chasing. John's our, back. Our solemn. I'll, I'll be a little while. That's front. Our solemn remembrance of two legendary screen actors and uh, and stage. I don't know if Robin Williams did any stage. Oh, he did. He did. Uh, he did Waiting for Godot with Steve Martin on Broadway. Well, that's pretty fun. I Way think back. I'd still rather see the Ian McKellen version, but that's still neat. Yeah, Ian McKellen, uh, John Luke Picard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've been rewatching Star Trek The Next Generation as I do other things, like not paying attention, full attention, like doing yeah. stuff on the computer or whatever. That's a really fun show. I enjoyed it, and I was, I think as we've discussed, I was not a fan of the original Star Trek. Yeah, and this is so much better. And it's it's super duper hippie liberal, not a hippie, it's just super duper liberal with these mess, these messages that smack you in the face, and they still manage to be good, good shows, mostly because of Patrick Stewart. His his acting carries that show so far, but yeah. the other some other cast members are good too. The there's a lot of hate. Well, o- online geek communities, there's a lot of hate for uh, Will Wheaton, which I never understood. Maybe I need to rewatch the show and see why people hate him so no, much. No, I don't. I don't understand it. Uh, you mean for Wesley Crusher? Will Wheaton is well liked, but him playing a teenager. Right. Yeah. No. His yeah. His role. I, I think. Uh, I think people knew what I meant. Well, he, I'm sure they did. I just want to point out that he is well loved by the geek community now. Yes, no, for sure. Um, and got a, a big social media presence, and and uh, I think he has at least 25 followers on Twitter. At least. So he's doing I, well. So, like I said, I want to point out to you that Will Wheaton is well loved by the geek community now. Yes, but he did also play Will Wheaton for one episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, he they went down and uh they went down to Earth and uh they found a body with him and some fat kid and uh Kiefer Sutherland. And, and Oh, so this was Star Trek the Next Generation meets twenty four. Yes, exactly. Um yeah, a lot of hate for Wesley Crusher. Um and I've read was, but not for Will Wheaton. And I've read also, hate for Beverly Crusher, which uh, I also I haven't read enough about to really understand. But what I'm ha- sure it was I'm sure it was for Beverly Crusher, but not the actress who plays Beverly Crusher. But I'm not so sure about that one. The uh, by the way, the actress who plays Beverly Crusher, real name Beverly Crusher. Wow. Yes, but born Oddwald Copplepot. That's really typecasting. Yeah. If you're gonna it name is. your character after the person's real name, but if she was born, tell it to Tony Danza. I wish I could, but he's busy judging hoogies because he's the Tony of that group. He's, yes, he is one of the Tonys. Um, and and I don't know what happened to uh, Bing Crosby's granddaughter. I was reading about that because I was wondering too, and she thought she wasn't getting enough. Her character wasn't getting used enough, so she has to be killed off. 
Oh, and then, of course, her career took off like a rocket to the moon. So far that she came back to the show a few seasons later to play a alternate universe Romulan version of herself. Yeah, no, it's not a it's not a bad show uh, from my memory, and it's the only one of the Star Trek franchise that I watched regularly. I never got into Deep Space Nine or Voyager. Or no, uh, I, same with me. I, or Star, Star Trek: The Phantom Menace or any of those. Yeah. Star Trek: The Next Generation was right in the prime time for my like it was I was like fourteen when it came out, so it was perfect timing for me that kind of show. Yeah, I guess that would have made me 18. Uh, but ready to ready to fight and fuck, as they say. Well, I mean, I would say in my case more ready to fart and uh, filch. Oh, I thought it was going to be fart and make love because I know you like that term. Who doesn't? It's the best term ever devised and uh, the most erotic. Mm-hmm. So, Robin Williams' filmography, um, since we can't talk too much about Lauren Bacall's filmography, as we haven't seen enough of it, but everything I've seen her in, she was great. Um, I stipulate to that. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's the correct use of stipulate. But, uh, so, Can I Do It Till I Need Glasses was his first role, which I've read about before, which is kind of a softcore porn uh, really? anth- anthology series if if that's the right one well let me click on it and find out is a 1977 comedy film a sequel to if you don't stop it you'll go blind i think um yeah a comedy of sex related joke scenes and vignettes oh it's not really a soft point it's just it's just risque comedy yeah i guess i guess so um sketch comedy uh and then you've got popeye and world according to garp uh a lot of this uh, okay so moscow on the hudson we've spoken of um Oh, so he, he he was a writer for the Richard Pryor show. That's neat. Oh, I did not know that. I, I, and I think, you know, whatever problems we had with Robin Williams with the the kind of manic shtick he did, uh, he he did he did do some good work. Mm-hmm. I think I think more as a dramatic actor even than comedically in films yeah, think- anyway. I, th- I think his strength on stage was wasted for film because you can't really improv a film. And a lot of the stuff they tried to do in Mork and Minnie just kind of grew tired. But he, as a dramatic actor, he was he was very good. I I, I guess it's kind of made fun of now, but uh, Dead Poets Society, when I watched it, was great. Yeah, I think I was a little too old for that. I think if you if you see that at the right age, that's one of those movies that like hits you where you live. Right, yeah, exactly. For, for a certain type of, of person. Um, I was a little too old. It seemed somewhat sappy to me, um, but so, I, oh, I can appreciate that. What's that? An idiot is what you're saying. No, no, no. I think he, I think it's very much for for a teenager, that movie. Um, for, you know, kind of a sensitive, bookish teenager, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go over. And I was a little, little older than that when it came out. Um, but I don't begrudge anybody for, for liking that movie. Um, you know what's an underrated movie he did? Cadillac Man. That's a fun movie. Oh, Cadillac Man was good. You know, you know what's another underrated one um, is well, a couple actually. Uh, I like The Fisher King, but I'm predisposed to like most things Terry Gilliam, I think. And uh, What Dreams May Come was an interesting movie. I'd like to see again because I remember thinking. I don't think that's underrated. I think a lot of people like that. Oh, do they? 
Yeah, I think that's it's a tearjerker that a lot of people like. I've never seen it. Yeah, well, he goes to hell in it, so. Well, thanks for ruining. Spoiler alert. <coughs> well, that's kind of. I mean, he does that in a lot of his movies. No, I've never seen Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't know. I, I guess it's 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 worth seeing. It's a little another one that's a little touchy feely. Um, but yeah, Moscow on the Hudson. Uh, Good morning, Vietnam. Of course, the Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Awakenings. Uh, I liked Awakenings. That was good. Yeah. I think Penny Marshall directed that or somebody. Yeah. I, I don't... I mean, they could have made it about 75% less manipulative because I think the story on its own is already uh, moving, but, you know, she really had to hit every beat yeah. of that, um, which turns me off to it a bit. He's playing a doctor there, like uh, he came back to him, Patch Adams, but Patch Adams is much, much worse. I never saw Patch Adams. I never did either, but I'm just assuming. I, yeah, I can't imagine it's better. Uh, uh, Hook. Yeah. Hook is great, and you're stupid for saying... <laughs> Hook is a definitely underrated movie that got ripped apart at the time, and is a really fun, fun uh, film that just... For no good reason, people didn't like that. It's a fun movie. It's good. Go watch it, everybody. Hook. Eh. Good movie. Dustin Hoffman playing a grown-up. Peter Pan. Hook playing. I mean, Robin Williams playing Hook. No. Other way around. It would have been better your way. Possibly. It was great. I haven't seen it since I was a I kid. I mean, it still I sucked, but... You probably were too bitter to bitter and filled, filled with farts to enjoy it. Wait, Dead Post Society was 89, so I was 19 at that point. Um, or 18, depending on when it was released. So uh, maybe I was just out of the the right age for it. Maybe I should re-watch it, actually. Um, I, I I don't know. It's it's good. I think you'd probably like it, but I don't know if I'd watch it. Maybe wait a few months, because it it's incredibly sad. I did not hate it. I just thought it was a little hokey. Uh, much better than Hook, though. And, and well, then it's a different kind of movie than Hook. Yeah, decent versus shitty. No, um, you never said Hook was shitty. Now you're being crazy. I think I implied it. And, nah, uh, it's like, don't waste your time, but it's not a terrible movie. I guess that's true. That's true. Um, toys, Aladdin. Toys I never saw. Um, I heard horrible things about it. Yeah, I never... That's That, that was near the end of Barry Levinson's great career his, well, yeah, i mean he's kept streak. going since then but yeah yeah he had some really great stuff come out and then toys just kind of killed him yeah we talked about that previously I, I feel like i feel like we talked a little bit about barry levinson kind of going away but we didn't really talk about what what did it uh i don't know i think that was it so you think it was toys well i am going to delve into the barry levinson film after that he was doing tv stuff which was really good but he didn't like Wag the Dog was okay, but he didn't do stuff like before Toys. He had Tin Man. He had Good Morning Vietnam, which is good, not great. Rain Man, which is pretty good. I'd say close to great. Avalon, which is great, and that's another underrated movie everyone should say. Aiden Quinn. I thought I always thought Aiden Quinn would become a big star, and it didn't really happen because he was really good in Avalon. That had that had an actor I don't usually like, but he was really good in that. I don't remember his name. He's kind of a a stand-up guy. Kevin Pollock. Oh, right, right. 
and he was good in that. And but it, usually I wouldn't enjoy him. Anyway, everyone should see Avalon too. Well, I think uh, sequel to the movie I was just talking about. Good Morning Vietnam, yeah, sequel to mm-hmm. that. Um, I think Aiden Quinn's problem was he didn't have the charisma to make it. I guess he was kind of he was kind of dry, a little bland, yeah. <laughs> so okay, after after Toys, Levinson his next big thing was Jimmy Hollywood, and then Disclosure. Oh yeah, so you can see it. Sleepers, uh, Wag the Dog, Sphere. Ugh. Sphere, did that get remade by Cronenberg, uh, or is that a whole different thing? I think it's a whole different thing. I think the Sphere is a Michael Crichton. Oh, okay. Um, Liberty Liber- Heights, I kind of wanted to see to see because that kind of was him going back to his Baltimore roots, and it's part of that that whole diner Tin Man Avalon thing. So I thought it might be good, but I never got a chance to say it. Yeah, I don't even remember it. Nor do I remember an Everlasting Peace. No, uh, yeah. Bandits, I saw part of that was pretty terrible. The jury envy, yeah, yeah. He he. It was definitely after uh, after toys. Good call. Um, what well, else? he did he did do homicide. So give him props for that. Yeah, he did but. some TV stuff. He uh, Oz as well, which I haven't seen, but which I hear. Oh, I didn't know he did Oz. Executive producer. That's neat. Yeah. Huh. Shakes the clown, a, uh, a cult favorite. That. Yeah. Have you seen it? Uh, I have. I I thought it was decent. Yeah. It was it was dark a dark comedy. Uh, Mrs. Oh, Julie Brown! How awesome Julie Brown is! Still alive. Yeah, she never. She's one that I thought might take off, but never did. Because I first heard of her with her with the prom queen's got a gun song, and uh, and then she was in you know she did that and she did Earth Girls Are Easy, but never really anything that clicked. Was the prom girl has a gun before she became a VJ or whatever she was on MTV? You're thinking of downtown Julie Brown. Let's no, not... they they were both on MTV at the same time, weren't they? She That's why the... they had to call downtown Julie Brown downtown Julie Brown because Julie other other Julie Brown was also doing stuff on MTV. I'm almost a hundred percent sure she was not a VJ. Oh, okay. But maybe they gave her a show on MTV. You know. Yeah, I guess that's what it was. I have no idea. Uh, Mrs... So obviously, the homecoming queen got a gun came first. Yeah, it did. It was like 84, I think. Just um, say Julie. She did have a show. Just say Julie. Yeah, there you go. Where uh, She was a VJ. Downtown Julie Brown, RIP. Hmm, that is surprising. I thought she'd live forever. I don't know. She's dead. Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, that's what it is. Um, yeah, now but it also get... had Sally Field. Miss, oh, Mrs. Doubtfire? Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for that. Fact. Well, I mean, everyone says, oh, look, Robin Williams doing this goofy comedy, but also at Sally Field, who's the queen of dramatic acting. That's true. Flying Nun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gidget? Gidget? Exactly. Oh, when I was 12, I was in love with Gidget. I didn't realize it was such an old show. I had never seen, I've never seen an episode of Gidget in my life. Oh, well, that's your loss. Apparently it is. I have seen The Flying Nun. I don't think I ever saw that, because that's Gidget in a nun outfit. That's weird. Yeah, we're getting into Robin Williams stuff now that I, I haven't just haven't seen. Jumanji. Um, I might have seen Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, but he's uncredited in that anyway. Um, you mean you might have seen it? You don't remember if you saw it or not? Can't remember. I really, really got hate... terrible reviews, so I would be John really Leguizamo. surprised if you saw that. Yeah. John Leguizamo, when he dies, will not be doing a, an, 
episode on him. I will. Um, he was my one of my favorite episodes of Burn Notice. That that's about the level he should be in uh, guest starring on cable shows. Jack, I never saw, but I heard it was uh, horrible. Jack was that odd Francis Ford Coppola <laughs> comes back to direct, and he chooses this. Yeah. It was no Clifford with Martin Short. I'll say that much. Um, the Birdcage, Goodwill Hunting. I love the Birdcage. A remake of a uh, of a, a French film. Oh, is that what it was? Uh, uh, for some reason, I uh, I thought it was Breathless. Flubber, I, was just, oh. I was just coughing. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'm right. It was a remake of Jean-Luc Godard's Breathless, The Birdcage. Flubber, I did not even remember that they did a remake of that. He's new Jerry Lewis. Patch Adams, that's when you start getting into... Well, he... Father's Day is supposed to be a really good movie, and it's not what you think. Or maybe it wasn't Father's Day. There's some Robin Williams movie that came out recently. That's not Father's Day. Never no, because that was 97. Yeah, we'll get to it soon. Oh, I see it now. Yeah. It's Patch the... Adams... And What Dreams May Come, both the same year. So he was, went to extremes on that one. Bicentennial Man, another one I never saw. It was supposed to be terrible. Um, oh, Death to Smoochie. Which is was really unjustly maligned. It's not a great movie by any but means. Death to Smoochie is the one I wanted to see. I don't really care about Chicks the Clown. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Adam not, Resnick. Yeah, it's not great, but it's, uh, it's way better than you would think from the critical lashing it took one hour photo uh interesting that's uh what's his name uh nolan chris chris nolan or jonathan nolan right no no seymour Cy parish um yeah and then you just then he just kept going and going and going, and going. Yeah. going all the night at the museum happy feet rv um, stuff nobody's really seen. World's Greatest Dad, I saw. That's the one that got got really good reviews. Did you not like that? Did yeah, that's like another it? one. Decent. I, just like uh, Shakes the Clown. Oh, uh, written and directed by Bob Cotfield? Yeah. Goldfish, yeah. Goldfish. And then after that, I think that that's the last one I've seen of his. Um, he's got He's got a few uh, that are in pro- post-production that will be coming out. And yeah, the then of course the Richard Pryor show, Laughing. Wow, nineteen seventy seven Laughing must so, be a re a re like bring it back. Yeah, yeah. And it must have been horrible because I don't remember. I mean, the first one was horrible enough. I had a. Is eight, do you think eight really is enough? Um, as far as children, just in general. Eight, eight. Hmm. Well, like eight M and M's. Not, not enough. Not enough. No. No, not enough. Eight years of life. No, not enough. Nope. Yeah. Because uh, you, you don't get to legally drink for another two years. So, yeah, no. No, eight's not, eight's not enough in anything. Uh, eight chicken nuggets, definitely more than enough. No, you need nine. Oh, no, six is, six is the, the least you can get. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah no. I didn't. I can't believe he was on Eight is Enough. He played the dad. He played the dad? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, he played Dick Van Patten. Right, right. Just one episode. Because Dick, Dick Van Patten was uh, touring the USO tour for Vietnam. Sure, sure. And He was afraid of bullets, so he waited till the conflict was over. That's a smart move. I, I assumed he was just, Dick Van Patten was just such a power in Hollywood. He was like, eh, just have somebody else do my part this week. I don't feel like coming out of my trailer. Got the nice toilet. Um, yeah, so no matter what you what you think of Robin Williams, it is it is a sad thing that uh, yeah, yes, that somebody that was so by all accounts a very nice giving man and uh, brought so many people laughter. You know he he had this darkness inside him. Although I, I feel like I feel like it was always evident, like. He, he had very sad eyes. I think that was why he was so good as a dramatic actor. Yeah, no, I think and so too. he was too. very good. I'm, I'm not going to say very good because I can't stand the show, but people liked his performance and I think it was one of the old Lone Orders SVU or something where he played a, a absolute monster and it, because he had those sad, almost uh, angry eyes. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, I get, oh God, yeah. That show, we've we've spoken of that show before too, but I just that show rubs me the wrong way in in all respects. I thought he did a movie with Christopher Nolan, he, so he didn't. I'm 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 just confused. I'm I guess I was thinking. I thought there was a movie with him and Al Pacino where he played a serial killer. Am I making that up? That's Insomnia. Oh, we did talk about that. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if that was Christopher Nolan though. I don't. I'm thinking it wasn't. Why, why do you say that? Oh, you know what? I was wrong because uh, that that director I said that was actually the role he played. Um, shit! Now I got to go back to that movie. You... I was no, yeah, it's insomnia. It's that's what it was. Yeah, no, but that... uh, but one hour photo you asked about, but that yeah, no, that was directed by not Christopher Nolan either. Oh yeah, I thought you were making fun of me by saying the character's name. Oh, in, insomnia was Christopher Nolan. Yeah, I just said that. Meow 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 meow. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's been a it's been a rough week. Uh, start off with this made me made me sadder than uh, I would have expected it to make me. And uh, and then you got um, all this shit going on in Missouri. Oh, well, what shit is that? Well, people have to live there still. You'd think they'd find a way out. I'm telling you, man. I, I don't know why we had to take that land from the Native Americans because they're shit. Just give them all of Oklahoma and Missouri or Missouri if you're an asshole. I didn't know any Native Americans lived in Missouri. I thought it was just open space with dinosaurs when we came from uh, European countries like, to to conquer this world. Well, that... wasn't there a story about Ben Franklin and George Washington? It was like kind of a team up. They teamed up and went to Missouri and killed all the dinosaurs. And then they came back and had to fight the Brits. Um, I I think maybe in some uh, in some religious school textbooks that's the way it goes. But in reality, I do believe there were Native Americans there. Although they might have left Missouri at that point too and just been like, "Fuck this shit. Let's go to Nebraska." There is terrible things happening in Missouri. I didn't know what you're talking about exactly, but there's been riots there because a poor person was killed by the cops, police. 
Yes, Ferguson. <laughs> it's it's all very uh, it's all very depressing watching on the news. I'm I'm gonna guess that it's more depressing for the people who are actually living it. No offense. Well, as I said, they're they're living in Missouri, so it's it's automatically thirty percent more depressing, no matter what's going on. Well, remember what Missouri's logo is? It's the fuck you state. Oh no, their logo. It's just a picture of a tree. With a little make... rope hanging from it. Oh yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, I don't. I actually don't even want to talk about Ferguson just because. Uh, what the hell? What the hell are we going to say about it? As you said, we're not there. It's just. Uh, it's just a shame, and uh, I don't understand these people taking the cop side. Sometimes I do, but in this case, I do not. Yeah, well, I'm, oh yeah, I'm speaking specifically of this case. Uh, most of the time, I don't. Um, but then I live in Oakland. Well, yeah, if it gets in the news, it's, most of the time, it's they did something bad. I do understand. I don't understand when people say they are all bad, which is probably from their experience. But I know that's not true. So no, we. Uh, I remember one day in uh, in Philadelphia, we were walking around. We saw a cop uh, helping somebody out, giving them directions. And I think you even said, nobody ever reports, how come nobody reports on that? What a terrible person I am for saying that to two visitors to Philadelphia. Well, oh, what the hell was that? Did you hear that? I think I just got a Facebook thing. Jeez, I've never gotten a Facebook thing. Is that like uh, something you have to go to the doctor for? You, you can treat it with an ointment over the counter. Robin Williams was also in Aladdin. Which was part of the Disney's golden age, second golden age. I think the second. I think it's their second golden. Right now they're in the third. Anyway, it sounds to me like somebody's that. buying into Disney's propaganda machine. No, if Disney's propaganda machine would say the golden age has lasted forever, but their golden age of animation that was first when they first started with Snow White and that stuff, and then kind of went really, really bad in the 70s, and in the late 80s, early 90s, there was Aladdin and Little Mermaid, and that stuff was really good, and now it's back with movies like Frozen, which I watched recently, and it was fun, and it had a very good story. I liked the story a lot. The music was surprisingly bland. I thought it would be really catchy. Surprisingly bland to you? Well, I thought it would be catchy, because everyone's saying, well, we hear it all the time, and stuck in my head. I don't remember how the song goes, but I think of songs from the... 80s Disney movies like Be Our Guest, I can't get that out of my head after I hear it. Like, I thought it would be like a musical song where it just sticks with me forever. But Yeah, they really should just stick to Phil Collins for writing all their No, that's very bland. We're back to bland with that. No offense to Phil Collins and his uh, beautiful wife. Yeah, Disney's took a, Disney's animation took a real shit. I, I would say earlier than 70s, I would say 60s. Like, you look at, like... The Jungle Book, which was from the 60s, I think, and then The Rescuers, which is from the 70s, The Aristocats and stuff, and uh, that's like uh, one level up from fucking Woody Woodpecker animation. Yeah, yeah, they really, I don't know if it was after Walt Disney died, I don't think it was, I think he was still alive, but they got cheap and they didn't do good things, for the most part. Well, he didn't want to hire Jews anymore. Oh, I I didn't realize that, I, I thought maybe part of his body was frozen. Um, yeah, Disney. I have I have my own problems with Disney, but I have not seen Frozen. I imagine I will not see Frozen. I can't imagine why you would, because you don't like you don't even like Pixar. You don't like any kind of cartoon. That's, 
it's not true that I don't like Pixar. Uh, right, you hate Pixar. That's more, yeah, accurate. The no, spies. I hate Disney. Pixar does some decent stuff. Disney owns Pixar. I did see Guardians of the Galaxy. Did you? Yeah. Did you like it? I thought it was pretty good. Uh, well, that's good. I was sure you were going to hate it, and I was I mean, going to hear you say terrible things about it. It was fun overall. Um, there were parts that were unbelievably corny to me that I was like, did you just really say that? I think that's kind of the the point of the characters that they're cheesy and they say like goofy stuff. But it's, I mean, what do you mean? Well, like that, there was a line. He's like, but that guy's the only family I've ever known. Oh, okay. Not that's anymore. Something. Yeah. You know, where I'm like, that's unnecessary. You, you've got a, you got something good going and you don't need to ruin it with that kind of stuff. The, the, the cheesiness you're talking about didn't bother me. It's the okay. Yeah, I agree with that kind of cheesiness, but it didn't bother me. And it looks like uh, from the ending that they're going to possibly reboot. Uh, I think it was just a joke. I don't think they're going to reboot that character. Yeah. Well, I mean, in a way, I think they should because uh, the original version of that was so terrible, and the comic it was based on was really good. Was it? I didn't know that. I've never read that comic yeah you should check it out it's very it's very meta from way back in the day and um like he did a whole issue basically about having writer's block that's cool yeah um and we won't say what we're talking about because we don't want to spoil it for anybody so but if you see guardians of the galaxy wait till after the credits much like all marvel movies yeah it's although it's only like two seconds long but yeah there is it's still worth it even if it was only one second long i think um yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it overall. Chris That's Pratt uh, is making quite a career for himself of playing Chris Pratt, which... Uh, <laughs> That's fine by me, because yeah, I'm, I'm cool a character I enjoy watching. I'll, I don't think he was playing Chris Pratt in, uh, what's it, Zero Dark Thirty, Zero Dark Forty? That's true, Zero Dark Thirty, uh, this movie that glorifies torture, yeah. Um, no, he was playing... Uh, a less Chris Prattish version. And Moneyball, the same thing. I mean, he was a little bit goofy, but he was still playing something different. Yeah, I didn't see Moneyball. Oh, that was a, a film with Chris Pratt. A Chris Pratt film starring mm-hmm. Chris Pratt? Mm-hmm. Directed by Chris Pratt. No, no. Directed by Steven Soderbergh. Oh. Well, Steven Soderbergh just... I feel like he takes credit for shit now that he doesn't even work on. That's true. As long as Chris Pratt's, Pratt's involved. I mean, I did see him talking about how his his favorite show that he's created is Parks and Rec, and I don't even think he's ever watched that nope, show. Nope, probably not. Yeah. Uh, uh, what else is Chris... Yeah, yeah. Soderbergh's like really trying to ride those coattails, which he doesn't need to do. He's all like, I'm quitting Hollywood, but he still has to throw his name on everything. I didn't know he quit Hollywood. He just... Yeah, he, well, movies, he says. So what is he going to do instead? Well, he's doing a TV show on, like, uh, Cinemax or something right now with Clive Owen. Huh. Yeah, it's set in, like, 1900. He's It's about I, this doctor. That's weird. I like the, the little streak he had of doing all kind, like he did, like, big budget movies. Yeah, one for me, smoke. one for them. Yeah. Oh, he's the one that made up that slogan? No, that, that goes way back to, um, I, I would say it goes back to at least uh, Barbara Streisand. Oh. Yeah. I wonder what who Yentl was for. I think that was for everybody. I think it was for everybody because it brought us Mandy Patankin, who's beautiful. 
Somewhere over the rainbow. During, um, I think, what's the the big movie festival they have in Colorado? Or not Colorado. Oh, yeah, no, Sundance. Sundance. I think it was Sundance. There was some film festival. Manny Patankin was there. But there's this cab driver who was filming himself as he drove famous actors around. And he tried to do interviews with them. And the, the cab driver was a wannabe actor. And when Manny Patankin was there, he was such a nice, great guy to have like interviewed because he was so sweet to the guy. And the guy's like, you know, in our acting class, we did Princess Bride. We did... We uh, used a script from The Princess Bride, and I played your character. And he said, really? And had a little conversation about it. And then Manny Patankin did lines from that movie with them. Like, it was so cool. And he's like, really? You'll do that? And they were they were doing all kinds of Princess Bride lines together. That's cool. Manny Patankin, R.I.P. Still alive. Well, uh, I guess we've Recommendations. gone on long enough about Recommendations. nothing. Recommendations. Recommend. Haitians. Recommend Dominicans. No, nobody recommends Dominicans. Um, yeah, you got one. I did a second ago. No, I got to look mine up too because I I forgot the name of it, but I got okay. I'll I'll do mine. Um, so it's this is uh because it's been such a depressing week overall. Just a little something uh to cheer you up. It's a YouTube series. Um, it's also available on Hulu. And I think there's only three episodes so far, but it's called Sound Advice. And it's uh, Vanessa Bayer from Saturday Night Live. And she plays, like, a publicist. And also the the daughter of the Bayer Aspirin Fortune. Go ahead. Yes, she is the daughter of the Bayer Aspirin Fortune. She was not conceived by humans. No, she, just the money. Yeah, she came into being strictly from, from wealth, yeah. Um much like uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Sound advice. She plays a, a publicist who talks to uh, musical acts uh, about how to, you know, get them themselves out there more and how to uh, upgrade their image or whatever. And uh, But she's, like, really super rude, and it's hilariously funny. And she's done... Uh, she did the both, uh, Amy Mann and Ted Leo. She had an episode with them. She had one with oh, some... Oh, that's neat. Yeah, with some boy band I'd never heard of. and, and uh, One Direction? Other... It wasn't. It was some It was some British boy band, but I have no idea who they are. Um, Big Bang Theory? And then also one with uh, Fun, the band Fun. Um, so you can find those on YouTube or on Hulu, and uh, it's pretty hilariously funny. The boy band Fun one is the best, I think. So that's my recommendation. Sound advice. My recommendation is the thrilling adventure hour which is a podcast by all these fun people where they do parodies of old-time radio shows and they're usually 20-minute episodes so it's really easy to listen to and really funny great guests they had nathan fillion on they've had all kind of linda cardellini was on um anyway all kinds of people uh great great stuff you should listen to it uh yeah. mark evan jackson is on many shows he plays a major character uh, uh, what's his name? Chris Hardwick's been on one. Uh, Paul F. Tompkins. Paul F. Th- oh, Paul F. Tompkins is a huge part of it. Yeah, lots of great people are on it. Yeah, uh, and not uh, we talked about it off air before. Not strictly a parody, like it's very loving. Yes, and, I yeah, but it is a parody. Like it's having it fun with with the genre, but it's also 
it's not making fun of it like these idiots. What were these idiots doing listening to this? It's obviously people who love old time radio. So it's neat that they're, they come up with modernized it in a way that it's, it's funny to our sensibilities, but it's respecting the source. It is. They, they definitely get the, uh, the tone down and the, oh, yeah. the style. Yeah. 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 Throwing adventure hour. I, I should see that when they come to Sketchfest. They come every year and I haven't gone. But. I would, yeah, I would love to see that live. I bet that's a lot of fun. And I'm, I think it's neat that so many big stars do it, and I'm sure they're not getting a lot of money for it. I don't know. I guess Nathan, Nathan Fillion's a big star. Yeah, he's a big star. Yeah, so, I don't, yeah. th- I don't think it's a big money making venture, but it's, it's. Fun. I think they have fun. It's like, it's like uh, when John Hamm does that comedy stuff. I don't think he's doing it for the money, it's just because he's having a good time. Yeah. He's like, definitely not doing it for the money because he doesn't get paid for it. So. Yeah. Oh, I don't mean that. I meant stuff like the, um, what was that? that show that they had on comedy or cartoon network the the best event that ever happened oh right right Adam right. scott and john ham doing simon and simon and i think they had a sequel to it that i haven't watched yet but that was really funny that did, was unbelievably funny did you see the bosom buddies one no i didn't know that was who's doing that is the same too it's no i can't remember who it is adam I can, it's adam scott and i can't remember but it's worth oh, adam scott's out. doing it again. okay adam scott is the one who created it and does them all so Oh, okay. So there's yeah. more than those two. Yeah. I didn't know Adam Scott created it. So there's another awesome. uh, there's another recommendation for us. Yes, I I recommend the Simon and Simon one, and obviously you recommend the Buzz and Buddies one. So if whichever one you like better, yeah, report to us and I'll win. Um, you want to give the spiel? Write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail dot com. Like us on Facebook. Rate us highly on iTunes. Um, oh, add us on Tumblr and see what stupid stuff I click like on or reshare, whatever it's called. And tell your friends to listen. Also, starting next episode, we're going to have advice, an advice column. So write in and ask us for advice. Oh, this is news to me. But yeah, why not? We'll give you a, we'll, we'll each give you our own advice um, and we'll see if, how much of it matches up. I'm guessing probably about 2%. We'll yes, we'll each that. give us all our own advice, and then we'll come together and give group advice. And you can take I, all any of all three. And whichever one you take, the person wins a point. And I win a half point if it's the shared advice. And at the end of the year, whoever has the most points gets a pony. And whoever takes the advice wins automatically as well. Right, because the advice is obviously brilliant. So, actually, I haven't decided what order I'm going to do these in. Um, because I think we mentioned on the last. Oh, this episode, is one, this one. I'm just assuming this one's coming after the next. The, the one yeah, that, yeah. I think so too. Okay. So uh, for the next one, might be a music one. Uh, might be a. I'm not sure. We haven't decided. Yeah, it might be a. Well, you can figure out what it might be. It could be movies or TV or or uh, books. Let's be honest. It's not going to be books. It could be about you. If you would write to us, I don't. We don't. Oh, we could do an episode about people if they wrote in and said, we'd like to have an episode done about us. And we'd read their life history. And then we, when we start the show, we'd just talk about them. And we might say good things. We might say bad. Yeah, we don't. Who's to say? We can't. Oh, of course, if you write to us and say, we want you guys to do an episode about us, but we want it to be good. We can't guarantee it will be good. No, no. Unless there's a check in that email. So... There you go. I, that would be fun. I would like to. If you're a listener, we'll do an episode about you. Uh, write to us. Give us a brief uh, history. We'll fill it in with our own facts. 
And uh, some true. Some of the facts of the film will be true. Yeah, you were born. I'm sure we'll get to that. You will die. You absolutely will die. Maybe on the very episode. So yeah, that's a good idea. The personal histories. I'm I'm down with that. Has nothing to do with pop culture. Um, Unless the person who's writing is someone famous in pop culture, like Adam Sandler, who's a listener. Oh, you got that out of the. Uh, you got that information on who's listening. Well, specific people. Yeah. Adam Sandler is a listener. He's a good listener. Not necessarily a listener to our podcast. I never said he was. Okay, got it, got it. I, I need to pay more attention. I am not a good listener uh, because I'm singing the Meow Nick song in my head most of the time. So um, until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. I wish you'd known me when I was alive I was a funny fella The crowd would hoot and holler for more I wore a drunk's red nose for applause Oh yes, I was a comical priest With a joke for the flock and a hand up your fleece Drooling the drink and the lipstick and grease paint Down the cardboard front of my dirty dog collar Now I'm dead, now I'm dead, now I'm dead, now I'm dead And I'm going on to meet my reward I was scared, I was scared, I was scared, I was scared On a water bed, drinking a cola of a mystery brand, reading an airport novelette, listening to Andrew Lloyd Webber's Requiem. He said before it had really begun, I prefer the water about my son. I've been wading through all of this unbelievable junk and wondering if I should have given the work to the monkeys. Now I'm dead, now I'm dead, now I'm dead, now I'm dead, and I'm going on to meet my reward. I was scared, I was scared, I was scared, I was scared.
top of the world I hang around in the longest night Until each beast has gone to bed And then I say God bless and put out the light While you lie in the dark Afraid to breathe And you beg and you promise Bargain and you plead Sometimes you confuse me Santa Claus It's the big white beard I suppose I'm going up to the pole Where you folks die of cold I might be gone for a while Yeah.